Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. This is episode 122. In this week's episode, me and Guy went up to Cruden Bay in Aberdeen to record with a true legend of the game. Sir Nick Faldo. Now, Sir Nick has won the Masters three times. He's also won the Open Championship three times, including one of those times at St. Andrews. Absolutely incredible. Also, Sir Nick spent 81 weeks as the best golfer in the world, the number one golfer in the world. So, up at Cruden Bay in Aberdeen, I managed to get on the golf course and do a little bit of filming with Sir Nick, which will be coming to the main channel soon. But after that, we sat down and had a deep dive into Sir Nick's career. I asked him some hard-hitting questions such as, where does he keep his green jackets? <laughs> Can he play Augusta anytime he wants? Who's better, Tiger or Jack? And considering Sir Nick has played with both of them in several occasions, and also get a little bit of information of what it actually takes to become the best player in the world like what what is the difference how do you get that peak level of performance so sit back relax and enjoy this episode where me and guy sit down with sir nick faldo well sir nick faldo thank you so much for coming on the rick shields golf show podcast um we have just been out there battling it around <laughs> the links at Cruden Bay. Yeah. It, what, what I, I'm saying, 55 miles per hour winds. Good exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's, a fishing tail. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably 25. It was brutal. 30, probably, yeah. Because, but the bottom line is because there's nothing there to stop it. It's not like there's any trees or anything. No, that, exactly. Uh, the ocean. The ocean was wild. It was fun. It, was, it worked. It just about worked. <laughs> you were pretty good. That's amazing. I don't, I don't play much, so it's um, it's funny. I, I probably I play better when I, I'm doing a running commentary for either myself. You know, I I shoot uh, instructional stuff, so if I talk myself through what I'm going to do, I would actually then do better. Ah, obviously, it's, so it's a bit fun. like what you did today. Exactly. So it's like, oh, well, you're saying to me, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to do this and do that, and some little fellas, well, you better do it then. <laughs> It works. <laughs> you better stand up. But the putter was great because it's funny. I, I dug that old putter out um, because of the science. It's funny. The science is all changing again. So, um, you know, this Pat, Patrick Cantley putting stroke. So I called my 
putting guru, Dr. Craig Farnsworth, and said, okay, what's what's new? And he said, well, this Cantley stroke, they're calling it um, controlled acceleration, which is okay. not which is not deacceleration, even though he looks like he slows down. And um, so they've now, of course, they analyze everything. They say, well, it comes out a bit square, it rolls a bit better, doesn't deviate as much. So I thought, okay, well... Bottom line, that's the Gary Player putting stroke, you know, from back in my day. So I went and dug out. I went, goes, I'm busy cleaning out the garage, as you do, as we're moving, kind of thing. We, so I'm, I'm any putt, any club that's got my initials on it, I've kept. Nice, you know. But anything else, I've been given away, sort of thing, because I've got to just, I got, I, I did have hundreds, probably thousands of clubs. So I'm slowly slimming it down just to. Do you keep? Do you keep many? Do you keep like you mentioned before? You keep all the. I've ones got the, the ones with. I want all my majors. I've got the bags. I've got everything from the six majors. I've got the bags. I've got the obviously the clubs. I've probably got head covers. I've even got the. I've even got the tee pegs in some of them. I've even got the ball What's markers, that? like an old banana skin. No, <laughs> keep, imagine couldn't, that. Couldn't keep that one. Um, what, what? What? Where are they? Where are they're all? They're all in America, really. Uh, well, in America, and my and my, I have an office in Windsor. Um, so that mixture of that, but it's all slowly going. We've made a big decision, obviously through COVID and um, all that sort of thing. We've sold up out of Florida. We're heading to Montana. Oh, nice. We're going up there. We've, we're calling it Faldo Farm. Um, actually, Lindsay applied for a 501c3 to create a, a real rescue, you know, an animal rescue. So we're going to have our own rescue. Wow. She's, she's just, as you do, just bought a hundred blooming foot barn. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to yeah. be jumping in the tractor? I'll be, yeah. I'll like be Jeremy doing, Clarkson. I'm, I'm going to do another. I'm doing the Montana version of a Clark, a softer version of Clarkson. I won't be plowing the fields. I'll just be going out and cuddling. We're going to have, we're having these Highland cows. You know, the little miniature ones. We're going to have alpacas, llamas, all sorts of dogs to protect everybody, everything. What else we're going to have? Chickens. I probably have a, got to have a donkey. This is a goat. Netflix series, I think. Faldo's yeah. Farm. Yeah, I'd be, be into Faldo's that. Farm, yeah, <laughs> well, it might be because it'd be entertaining. Because I'll be, I'll be kicking Lindsay out at sunrise because <laughs> all these animals want feeding at sunrise. And I said, "Well, you wanted them, so you go and do that." And I'm get, and I'm going to get my own driving range. I can, I, 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 oh yeah, I've got my own corner. I'm going to build my own driving range there. Why nice. not? Nice. Yeah. Why not? A few holes yeah. or just a driving range? No, just driving range. I've got a, got a nice little course down the road. We joined the club called Black Ball, so um, yeah, I can I can hit some balls. I hit some balls in the field. That's all I need. I probably have a putting, you know, an artificial putting green somewhere or something, and and that's going to be the new world. I must admit, starting this podcast, that's not where I thought we were going to go. Yeah, you were, I, I didn't like think, it. I didn't think we were going to end up on a farm in, in Montana. <laughs> um, if you play, if you like, go and play now. And obviously, we saw a glimpse of your brilliance today, and. and Will the video's coming out soon, so we're not going to spoil the result too much. Um, <laughs> what What would you say? Are you still a professional golfer? Did you still go under no, the category I, I, of professional? I, I, no, no, no. I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't play as a. I wouldn't play with a scorecard in my hand now. You don't. No, I can't. No. Do you, no okay. intentions on getting handicapped. No, 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 no. It's. It's. I like playing nine holes. Really do. We like to go down, hit some balls, play nine. Some days it's. I mean, it drives me nuts this game. Like still does. Some days I shot three under. I think, oh, this is all right. I'm still playing well play. Next day, I'm five over after seven. And I'm like, well, what the heck? You know, so it's like, it kills me. So but when, when you like beat balls, you mentioned about having a drive really range. Good, this I'm really good. I'm really good on the range. <laughs> do, do you, are you still kind yeah. of, I don't know, not obviously passionate, but almost quite 
intrigued about your techniques. Obviously, yeah. very technical player. Do you still like check certain things? Do you yeah. still try and change yeah. things? You just mentioned yeah. a minute ago, yeah. cantley putting stroke. You're always interested still, in these new developments. I still believe every time you go out, oh, found something new. <laughs> Got the secret. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's I crazy. Mean, yeah, it is. You still, and some days I hit it on the range and I think, gosh, it's great. It, I fade and draw and do, it ball does what I want it to do. And I think, oh, God, get that on the golf course. 77. Great. <laughs> So I'm delighted with that. But it's weird though how at every level of golf that seems to happen. That, it's this, that I think that's why we get obsessed with the sport. That one day you feel like you've cracked it, and the next day it's just not there. The, the greatest thing, well, well, not to say the greatest is the right word. It's it's all fr- wherever you're a beginner, you're frustrated, mm-hmm. and wherever you are the best in the world, I mean the real bit, you're still frustrated, yeah. aren't you? So it's every level of frustrate frustration from you know, absolute beginner to the best. It's like, oh, you know you can do better. That's what keeps us going. It absolutely is. We're going to fire through some quick fire questions. Well, Well, we say quick fire. So when we have a guest on, and we're honoured to have you on today, Sir Nick, we do these like kind of nine quick fire questions. They're kind of either or, but if you want to elaborate and expand, please do. So first one, I feel like I know the answer to this already, but I'm not sure. Nine holes or the driving range? Oh, well, that's tricky, I guess. You've got two hours spare. What are you doing? I'd go driving range. There you go. First app you open in the morning on your phone? For, oh, good one. First app will probably be, I will I probably check Twitter first. <laughs> and then the news. Then the BBC News. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us at the minute are on the news, aren't we? Um, you wake up in the morning and you've just got, you, you can't get any better at golf. You're holding every putt, you're hitting every drive perfectly straight and you're going to win another major. Which one you're picking? It's going to be oh. the Open or the Masters. You can win one more major. Oh, it has to be one of those two. Yes, out of those two. Oh. and then it go the other. Well, if it could be any of the four, then what would you pick? Yeah, I would like to win another one. The other ones. I mean, I got really close to U.S. Opens, mm. so I'd love to win. Would you know? Get your second one at U.S. Open. I lost in the playoff here way back. Oof, what was that? Eighty-eight, and then I hit the hole to tie in nineteen ninety. So. I've been around, so I'd, yeah, I'd like to win a, a US Open. But if you d- if you could choose between the Masters and the Open, well, I'll be open because I'm a I'm a Brit. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Speaking of the Open this year, big one, one fifty St Andrews. Obviously, you've won there yourself. Who do you think is going to win it? Oh. One name at St Andrews. Well, you're getting a long winded answer. It's all going to depend on obviously how it's set up and who. Somebody could luck out. We're very concerned. Somebody could luck out with the right winds going, basically downwinds mm. going out and downwind and coming mm. back. Because it can and switch. We, and we know St. Andrews could be absolutely cut down to the yardage could be crazy, crazy short. You know, there's like at least nine holes you can drive close to the green mm. now, you know, in in, that, in a, under regulation. So including the two par five. So it could be even, could be off the charts. So I, it's going to be, I guess, somebody who, Pounds the driver really well, but then it's got. A, you're going to need a lot of imagination. I, I can't. July is a long way off. I can't think of mm. the name. And then the honest. and then the other yeah. route you mentioned there about obviously the conditions can favour the draw. We were there yesterday, and it was the other wind where it was. Yeah. Uh, it felt like it was into wind. It's left to right into at seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the belt. Tough. Tough wind. I was looking at people going. As much I'd love to play right yeah. now, yeah. that's a bloody horrible you wind. You can get St. Andrews when you think it's a piece of cake, and then you can get it when you go, well, how do you avoid it? Every hump in front of you is obviously affects. You can't 
I've got to hit it low and I've got a hump in front of me or I've got, you know, it's, it's a brute when it's, when it's rough. Absolutely. Obviously winning the Open regardless is an amazing achievement, but do, does it feel different at St Andrews? Does yeah. it have that different feel to it? St Andrews is, our, is a very special town. The history, um, the atmosphere is, is amazing. And the fact that, you know, the whole, the whole history of golf was there yeah. and um, how it was handed down from, you know, 500 plus years ago to Tom Morris Sr., all those story of all those old boys playing and then all the way through to, to now, you know, the fact the whole town is wrapped around golf, basically, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, we've been lucky enough this last year to go a handful of times. Like we've been loads of times. And it's yeah. just, like you said, that, that feeling when you get there, just it's people magical. walking down with bags on the golf bags on the back down yeah. the street. It's yeah. just, there's nowhere else that I've been to on earth that is there's like There's no real town, there's no town, I bet, in the whole world, obviously, where just about golf is on everybody's mind. Yeah. If you go there and go, I don't like golf. Yeah. <laughs> good, but but good, even good luck. But there's so much. There are, that, not an advert for St Andrews or such. But there are still loads of things to do. Like you yeah. came with your oh, family no, recently cool. in the oh, yeah. town and everything else. Is that would you put that as one of your greatest achievements? Is that yeah. the number one greatest achievement? Winning the Open it, at St Andrews. Yeah, it, 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 that was. But 1990 was very special for me. You know, I won the Masters. Uh, well, I defended, and I, at the U.S. Open, I hit the hole to tie, and then I then go to St Andrews, and wow. I went there on a mission. I absolutely was on a mission. You know, did, it was. Did, I, at that time, did you just feel like you were going to like yeah, win? I you just knew. Yeah, I just kind of knew. You, know, you, you push yourself to, to you know, you're going to make yourself know that you're going to do it. And all I had to do was relax. Just, just you know, that's what I had to say to him. I actually said to myself going down the first hole. So I tell you, the funny bit: you wind yourself up. So the first thing we always put the flag right behind the burn. Okay. Yeah. So the wind was it slightly into the wind then, and so. David Ledbetter comes back and said, oh, they're all misjudging this because the fairway was rock. So you're getting a lot of spin. You're hitting a little nine iron in and gets a lot of spin and would land. And it, it's all coming back into, into the, the wind. Into the wind. Into the wind. So Max, it comes back spin. They're all spinning it back into the burn. So all right, I remember that. So I go down the first. So sure enough, I've got about, I've got about a nine iron shot. So I think, oh, I think smart. I'll go with eight. Then a little bit more breeze comes. I thought, no, I'll go with seven. <laughs> So I'm now chipping the seven from nothing, like 110 yards. <laughs> and you've got like, to get over a little bird. Oh, yes, right. So, because so, guess what? It goes, it's on now on the back of the green. I've got a 35-yard putt. Oh, there. no. And I just said, all right, just relax. You know what you're doing. Just, you know. And so I thought that was quite fun. I nearly, luckily I putted it down to like that. So off I went. So it, it didn't. But I, good example of winding yourself up just a bit too much and then having to get yourself back down again. Yeah, absolutely. What did you do that night when you won the Open at St Andrews? Can you remember that evening? Like, what? There's obviously so much to do in the town. Did you go out on the on no? The drink we we stayed in the hotel, and it's a fun, it's uh, we had some friends. I mean, Bruce Forsyth was around. Wow. Some of those old boys like that. Um, so we just had about I think there's about twenty people up up in the top corner of the, of the hotel. But you know, you can imagine I'm, your brain is spinning, and you don't. You're, everything's usually yeah. a blur. You don't remember an, an awful lot. Was the media hype back then as much as like overwhelming as it is now? Like you look when players now win, obviously a major event, well, they're, they're everywhere, interviews, press trips. Well, yeah, well, yes, because it, it, it was a very different era then. Um, my goodness, you everything you was an interview to a newspaper, right? Yeah, um, and now it appears one second after you yeah. put the microphone down. That's it. It's out there, bang, complete, and you can. Um, and you probably 
control, well, as many do, they control their own media more, which mm. we couldn't do in our time. If of something, course. If something was written about you, uh, you didn't, you may never, may never see it. No. And so obviously people can be judging you, good or bad, from a million miles away on what they've read, and you don't even know it's out there. Yeah. It's a very, but now it kind of, I think they know, I don't know what, I would trade now because it, I think you can control your own media more, or factual. Yeah. Um, where, as an example I was giving you, a story could be written about you saying something totally untrue and you don't even know it's out there. And then you go, then you go to that country. It's so funny, you go to that country three years later and they start relaying what they've read. And you oh, God. Can, oh, you know, that's right. You then do an interview. Like you've arrived in a country and they say, well, what's it like coming to play here? And, and you said this about this. And I went, you what? I said, no, I didn't. I never said that. Oh, well, it's just written here. And I said, no. <laughs> Next question. They go, I actually walked out. That must be so frustrating. It was. I did it. I, as true as I see it. I was in Paris, and the guy opens with, well, you said this about this. And I went, no, I didn't, mate. Next question. Well, you said this. This is your quote about this and that. I said, no, 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 no. I've never said that. And he did four in a row, and I just stood up. I said, if, you, if this is going to be the interview, forget it. So that's what it was like at that time. You had... You had no idea what was being said about you, you know, either in your own country or the other side of the world. Do you think if you play in this modern day now, because there's obviously a mix with some of the guys on tour, some are very heavy on social media and do a lot, mm. which is, we, we like to see the behind the scenes yeah. and get to know them more. Yeah. Some guys have a very kind of corporate profile and they yeah. just stick to the golf. Where do you think you would sit if you were playing today? Would you be more on the social side or would you not be interested? Yeah, I think, you know, I... It's a lot to do with your mindset, how you can switch on and switch off. Because, again, back in my time, I felt the priority was to really concentrate on what you're doing. You know, you're an athlete and you've given the window and you really just focus on it and you don't venture off. And I would tend to advise that because there's an awful lot of time after you're not an athlete to do other things, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, we, we're lucky as golfers that we can let's just say you can get to somewhere in your 40s where you're still a pretty, really darn good golfer. You know, other athletes have done it 32 or yeah. whatever, you know, it might be. So we got a pretty good run, but even then you've got to th remember, hey, if I'm done at 45 and I hope to live to 100, I've got an awful lot of time to do other things. So I would say con really concentrate on your... But if you could do, if you can do your s social media now and it doesn't affect you emotionally, and I would say some can't because I watch, like we never, obviously never had a, phone when i used to go and practice it was like see you back at six o'clock yeah. and off i'm gone all day wonderful belton golf balls no interruptions zero interruptions just total golf come back how was your day great yeah. that's it now i can't like if i go down to the range like you hit 20 balls got to look at your phone yeah. why have we got to look at are you phone? bad on your phone we're terrible oh, yeah, you've got it for some reason we just keep this blimmin' thing have it yeah, you got to <laughs> glue just, to our hand. Go and you just double check. Oh, who's called me? Oh, or this text. Oh, do I need to reply to that? Oh, da, da. And so we're we're ruled by those things. I mean, and so you don't. And I always said the day you you break your concentration, you're you're not as as an athlete from my time. I I thought you were stronger athlete if you were completely focused in what you were doing. So if you're a junior golfer now, wanting to become one of the yeah. greatest golfers ever, throw your iPhone out the window. Well, it was weird when <laughs> get you get rid of it. Well, it's, it's weird because it's flipped. Because, like you said earlier on, now the golfers almost have the, the luxury to kind of put their own story out there if something's said yeah. incorrectly about them. But on the downside, 
like someone like Bryson has had so much negative press. Well, it must be yeah. hard seeing that on well, Twitter all the time. Well, it's twenty it's twenty four seven as well. Yeah. That's a terrible thing. Is that, you know, if you wake up like we are jet lag after flying, you know, halfway around the world, we now you wake up four o'clock. Oh, we watch TikTok for <laughs> half an hour. Do you watch it on TikTok? Oh, we you love TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> Totally. I did not. I did not. We, we need to follow those farm TikTok account now. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Well, you, you you know it pulls up all your fun. So you're having getting good stuff. One minute I'm trying to learn about the blooming solar bloody planets. I'm you know I'm listening to Brian Cox thinking oh, I can't work that out. And then and then you listen to the great guitar. And no, I can't play guitar. So can stop that one sort of thing. And the next thing you're doing the trending dance. You're in the no, kitchen yeah, there. Not, not so far. The kid, the guy, recipe. <laughs> the, the, uh, the I, I would have loved that if when it's we hilarious. said watch the app you're on first, you just said TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I can cook I can cook omelettes and spaghetti bolognese and I'm and I'm now taking it I'm I'm downloading recipes and oh I'll have a go at that. <laughs> That's crazy. And I did one the other day. I actually did some chicken dish and I thought all off them in TikTok and that hilarious. I thought, well it's great because you got pictures. And it was good? Yeah, I you know I I'm a picture guy. Yeah, I'm yep. a visual guy. So suddenly I got somebody walking me through how to cook something, and I think, and it took one minute. I thought well, I could, I'll give that a go, and so I did. That's well, li- that's hilarious. hilarious. Um, believe it or not, a lot of those questions were out of the quick fire, but that was yeah. great. Um, a couple more then on this. Um, Rick asked you a question before about your favorite golf club in the bag. Now let's take that step further. What's your favorite golf club you've ever owned? Favorite what? Golf club, just one golf club, oh, your well, favorite ever. Well, I loved, I loved Belton three irons. Those that end of the bag. Yeah. But was there a particular like three iron that you absolutely loved? Well, you- well, there was the good old Mizuno days. Those irons were great. I mean, and, you, and there was a real skill to hit long irons. You know, you were rewarded. Uh, you know, I came from that era where ball striking, you're hitting with a blade and a balata ball. If you could rifle a three iron. And a two iron and a one iron onto a green. You there was only a dozen of us could do that. Yeah. Mm. You know, so you were you knew you had if you played great on a day, you knew you'd already beaten ninety percent of the field. Of course. You know, not completely different with, with the technology now. There's so much more equal. Um so um so obviously my my greatest shot I ever hit in my life was the three iron I hit at Mewfield at the last hole, ninety two. Because that was, you know, basically four to win the open. Wow. So my heart was going inside, and uh, but I still nailed it. So that was that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So if you you mentioned before, you've still got all these clubs. Still got that one. So yeah. you still got that. You so it was funny, when I was clearing out the office and going through, and I think I found the driver that I won the the tailor made with the old bubble shaft. I won um, Doral. I looked at this. I could recognize the scratches on it. I thought, well, yeah, that's me. I've hit that. I'm thinking, well, if I've hit that, I keep it. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have them all in Montana, so people can actually go and hit them, and it'd be oh, quite be nice awesome. to say, "Oh yeah, that was the wedge that I, you know, I won the Sanso with, or something." Shut I mean. up! Is that what you're gonna do? Yeah, why not? I mean, I think it'd be fun. Oh, I think I'd have them in a museum, like yeah. a Faldo yeah, museum. I think, I think it'd be fun if people can pick it up and say, "Yeah, go and give it a go." I mean, they're not gonna, not gonna harm it. What, Sky, you buy. You mentioned a minute ago your your marks. What are your marks on clubs? Well, you can tell by the sole plate that you, where you've been whacking it, you know, because that was your direction that you've swung it, and then, and then obviously the sweet spots on some <laughs> some of the my irons was very impressive. <laughs> got, got a rusty little sweet spot about the size of your pinky nail, so that was. I look at that and think, well, oh, that was all right. I could, I could button it in the day, which was good. And like when you pick up these old clubs now and you put them down, do they instantly transport you back to well, the yeah, time when they're you br- were- they're brutal? You look at the 
I mean, we joke, the one eye looks like a fish knife. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, there's nothing, there's no meat. And every you know, modern thing now is this big and this wide, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Just put it behind it, put it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it wants to help you. That was other things, just like, they're staring at you going, good luck, mate. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think has been the biggest change in equipment in, in that like last 25 years? Is it, do you think it's ball or is it more that the, the metal has been so There's a couple bigger? of things, a couple of things. One that you can go and get tested and get a professional set of clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. As well, good 25 as years ago, that wasn't even a well, thing. Well, when was I started, it? it was a sack of spanners. It really yeah. was. It, it was. They were terrible. And you, when you find a head that you liked and they tried to shaft and didn't have the choice of shafts or anything like that, you know, and you had a driver. In back, back, again, the persimmon days, they shafted it for you, put a new shaft in. And then and you go, that's not quite right. They go, well, oh, not sure if I want to do it again. I might crack the head. And you go, well, I'll work with it. I know this driver, when I'm a bit nervous, does this, goes to the right. Well, you played with it. And you uh, you kind of, oh you God. adapted to the clubs. Now the clubs are built yeah, for you. Of course. And that's, I mean, a 15-year-old kid has got absolutely the best equipment. So that's huge. Um, and then the whole debate, so the, for me, what's happened is the, it's, um, you know, the driver face, the shaft is phenomenal now. And it's your launch monitor. So, yeah. you know, you marry all of that together. So you understand spin the launch. Technicians, you, again, you don't have to know diddly about a golf club. You hit balls. The technicians has watched thousands of people and he can go, mm, try this shaft and give him half an hour and you're nailing it better than you've ever hit it. You do it every day. I can go tomorrow and I'll hit it better again. It's crazy. How much of an advantage do you think in the 90s having a, lo- a, really, like a modern day launch monitor would have been for you? It'd been huge because you wouldn't you wouldn't stand there hitting the, a thousand balls every day. You could hit a hundred. Really, you think it was almost it's almost that? Well, yeah, because we we got our answers out the dirt, you know. And now you you hit one ball. You say, "Well, I'm trying to hit a high draw," and you go whack, and the numbers say, mm, "That is a high draw." And you look up there, and that's a high draw. Mm. Um, and you go, "Oh, I was feeling that, and that means it was correct." Which works same thing. You go, "Well, I'm trying to hit a high draw," and you try it. And then A, the numbers are wrong. You go, ah, it's telling me. I would, I thought I was in to out, and I'm actually not quite enough. So you you can fine-tune. If you've got a bit of feel, that's why yeah. I loved it, because you say, if, I can, if I'm good enough to make a swing that's one degree in to out, how much do I get? Yeah. So what does two degrees in to out feel like? And you th- What's three degrees? So if you've got that touch, you can then go, wow, to get four degrees in to out, it's got to feel this exaggeration, but the but the numbers is telling me this is correct. Yeah. So that's why it's so cool. Um, tells you things you're not sure of, you know, angle of attack. You go, well, that felt good, and it then might say, oh, that was a bit too much on the down, mate. You know, you were three degrees down, you're trying <laughs> to get it one degree. You know, and all that, and you think, okay, so that means I've got to, can I do it? Um, so you can see, you hit 100 balls, and, you, and every single one is giving you factual information yeah. as opposed to hitting balls all morning, you know, and then going, I'm not sure if I got it. <laughs> so yeah, with a bit of guesswork almost. Yeah, huge, huge difference. That is that, I never even considered it as, as much as that really. What about yeah. like your yardages and stuff as well? Same thing. These guys all stand there and they hit balls and the, you ask them, so how far do you hit your four iron? And they go, they go 187. Point yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that before. They go, oh yeah, I hit, I hit it's obviously got a lot further than that. Now, four, four iron, they'd be saying, yeah, well, I can hit it 223. <laughs> and you go, well, no, I mean, my day it was my four iron went, let me think, um, it might be 190 to 200. I, I couldn't, you know, wouldn't, didn't quite have it 
to 194. It was within a window. Exactly. Where they, they've got it, it to the exact point. Exactly. And they, and they come up with this. That's their stock. And you think, okay, wow. And then, so things like, and especially field shots. So we did it old school, which is probably more fun. I mean, I, you know, we used to actually, I used to get, so I created a system with the great Fanny Sinison. And so I used to send her out there on the range, like 80 yards. And she, so if I landed one at 80, trying to remember i think she put her arm out like that mini level so if it was one yard short it was one oh, wow. two yards short three or one yard past because i couldn't quite see yeah so i'm looking and you know so we had this little sister poor girl's out on the range going like this <laughs> for about <laughs> the ymca two hours or something and now because they all go you know 60 68 trying for 72 up oh, 73 you know so it's so much easier my goodness and do, do you think it's good though for modern players as much as you're saying it's easier it's easier to get these numbers well it's taken it definitely has elevated the standard of so many players i mean the 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 depth of standard is pretty amazing um again because of the equipment you know there's you know my example is in my day let's say there was 10 or a dozen really good ball strikers you know, good drivers, you know, really good ball strikers. And they were the best players in the world. Now, there's a dozen bad ball strikers. Everybody's yeah. a good ball, mm. thanks to equipment and everything. So, yeah. you know, and of course the driver is crazy now. We've gone from, you know, Greg was long, Seve was long, Seve could, you know, th that was 280. <laughs> carry, three would, carry or total. Total. Total distance. Total, total. Now it's three would goes 280. on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, it, it was... I remember walking the range clubs, you know, with, <clears throat> for for television and asking, "So what do you do?" Yeah, they said, "Well, two ninety five, three hundred. If I le really lean on it, I get three oh five. Okay, now, so then Dustin Johnson, maybe one of the first, has suddenly consistently hit it three twenty. Yeah, and then Rory could do it. And then of course, then we got this new club, the three forty and fifty through the air. But then there's then there's all these sneaky guys. I mean, Yoki Neiman, um, is you know, I know. Needs Nothing a, of him. Needs a real good pizza. <laughs> but he's just, and he's out there 360, Crazy, 70 yards. Crazy. He's hot runners. Yeah. And there's so many guys who get it out there 350 and up. 350 is mild. Well, you stand on a hole at 400 and think, oh, they're hitting it front edge. Yeah. I'm going, what? I'm looking at strategy. Oh, I'll hit it over there. Three. <laughs> yeah. And they go, no, we just whoop it to the green. I mean, it's a completely different ball game. When, obviously, you were in your prime. You were one of the longest players, though, weren't you? No, I w no, I, I said I was medium. I I did it on the ball strike, and I had the consistency. I would, yeah. you know, I could shape it. I was good, obviously, very good with the irons. Um, yeah, you know, I think I had really good accuracy with the irons. I mean, my my stat, which I harp on about on TV, is your know, proximity to the hole. And if you know, I keep, I can't see how you can beat it if you are. Twelve times in the round, within 50, around fifteen feet and less. Yeah. It's probably eighteen feet. I'm sure it was a little, but see if you have a bad day, you could make one, two, or three birdies. Of course, you know? If you have a good day, you make four, six, five, seven, eight. <laughs> four, well, four and five and six. And if you have a great day, you make eight birdies. Yeah, and that to me that rules. I mean, that means you've got a chance to do it every day. And if you go out and play, uh, you know, I played a, a Champions Tour event a couple of years back and you know day one i had 12 chances and i made eight of them so i shot 64 wow you know you think wow great well that was the formula and then the next day i've only got two chances yeah and because I, I, I 
I guess I didn't even make one. Or maybe I made one. So you're like, so you've got to create the chances. I don't care about all these other stats, to be honest. It, that's the one that I love. It's who, when I look and see, wow, this guy rarely hits it outside 40 feet. He's always, you know, got great proximity. That's well, that, that's, where, that that's where Tiger yeah. dominated. And well, that's where yeah. Colin Morikawa yeah, more recently... That's where Jordan Spieth was so good. When he when Jordan was ridiculously hot for that run, which is yeah. now amazing how time's flown, how long ago that was. But he was proximity and pin high every single shot, every single club. It seemed like he was doing that. Yeah, well, that's that was Tiger in his day. You know, Tiger hit, just had so many good birdie putts. I mean, that's if you're doing that, you're... It sends a message to your opponent. Of course like, it does. Oh, how the hell are you going to beat him? Yeah, yeah. Because a guy... Can't. The guys, you know, and, and the other interesting, very cool stat on tour is probably get the wrong number. The average, the average through the season is only four and a half birdies around. That's the average. Okay. So if you're somebody, so you think, oh, they're birdieing everything. Yeah. But to be a really the best in America on tour just shows you it's. So if you could set a goal to make six birdies each day. You're going to win a lot. You're going to be the best. Yeah. You're going to be one of the best. Simple as that. That's crazy, isn't it? Speaking of the best, um, who do you think is the most underrated golfer of kind of your lifetime from when you started playing to kind of now? Oh, gosh. Underrated. Yeah, but the, but the problem with saying that is there's all there's, <laughs> there's three elements to golf. There's the, the physical, technical, and mental. Mm -hmm. So usually you've got the first two and then you're underrated because you haven't got the strength to get yourself over the line. The, me the mental strength. The mental strength. So you, t anybody who's underrated hasn't won enough then. Because if, mm -hmm. if you've won it, then you, you are rated. Yeah. So, it, you know, I'm trying to say it's like um, you've got to have all three of those all the time. So who, can you think of a golfer that's had the first two yeah, in well, abundance? <laughs> well, it's happening all the time. It's happening even the best. So not being negative, you look at like... Good examples can be. Um, well, we're talking of names right now. It's a, the names right. The guys who are struggling right now are struggling for a certain reason. You know, Jordan Speedy is struggling because of technical reasons. And then you might say, uh, well, Ricky Fowler's probably struggling because of the mental strength. He's just lost his trust. Okay, so he's a mental. So who's and then um, physical would be Bryson. Yeah. There you mm. go, injured. Yeah, thrashed it and he's injured himself. So see what I'm saying? It, yeah, yeah, of course. One, you've got to get all three all of three. those running at like eight and a half out of ten, yeah. and then you're going to be at the top of the for twenty years straight, and you'll kill that's, it. That's it. You've <laughs> got to look after all three of those. It's a very interesting way of looking at your 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 whole setup to be a pro golfer. Out of all those three that you just mentioned, mental being the toughest skill to yeah, acquire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you can obviously really work technically. Well, all of them. Physically, is probably easiest because you can build yourself up. We understand the science of how to train to be a golfer to perfection now. Obviously, the technique, there, yeah, and, the, and and developing a mental strength, a mental trust, is the next thing. I mean, finding the finding trust and the and how you do things and how you operate under pressure, how you handled situations. That is that's the next trick. What what gave you the drive to be the best? Like what 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 I, was it? I I don't. What's the secret sauce? 
Tell us. I know. <laughs> we need it. Like well, what? No yeah. mobile phone on the driving range. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but what? What? Start. What? You what know, was in your kind of upbringing that gave you that determination? Well, came, I'm a I'm a lad born in a council flat. Okay. Sorry, council house. Two up, two down. In in the terrace. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, I had nothing, didn't know about golf until I was just before 40. You know, I just before what, what age? 14, 13 and a half. Wow. So I didn't get, didn't get a telly till I was eight. You know, color TV, we got probably a huge influence it's a colour TV at 13, and then I watched The Masters. So I watched The Masters, and then I went, oh, I want, I want to try that, Mum. So I said, no take way. me to the golf club. So I took me to the golf club. I booked my half a dozen lessons, and that was it. And I was so my only child. And so golf, going on a range. So I love my sport. So I, I was a good, really good swimmer. Um, but then the training is like, oh, mm, my goodness. Every morning. Well, that, and then cycling. I was a good cyclist, but then getting the cycling... The training is you got to keep going to your throw up. You know, great. And then <laughs> what else is I trying? So I was good at all of everything else apart from gymnastics. I love my cricket, my football. I was in gold, blah blah blah. All that sort of no good at that because it went through my arms. <laughs> so, um, so then golf comes along and it's like, wow, this grabbed my attention. And I and the practice is so much fun. Like yeah. I could hit golf balls, which I did. It's not making you sick oh. all day. Yeah, <laughs> I could hit balls all day long. And as we know, every single goal shot is different. Mm. And I think that's what really registered with me. And we, I'm talking about it even now. With, I was with my great friend just last couple of days, sports psychology, and they're saying that 
the great thing about golf is, you know, you hit a golf shot to three feet and you think, I can do better. Or I can do it again or yeah. better. And you keep your focus. And everything can be, be a little bit better. Even if you knocked it in the hole, you go, oh, do it again then. Yeah. You, know, you can't master it. golf, can you? No, but it keeps you... You never. I've never been bored. How cool is that? I've yeah. had a billion golf balls, yeah. and I've never said when I got one day, oh, can't be bothered. Never. Even now, I go, oh, let's go and hit some balls, and I don't say, oh, can't be bothered at balls. Of course. Even now, I say, oh yeah, why not? Tip them out. I think, oh, that looks good. Lovely white shiny golf balls. Still, isn't that great? And did you so, realize early on you had a talent? Then you, you know, oh, I, I, de I developed this. I didn't know, and I. So the way I look at it is to be. You you cry you climb the rung of the ladder. So you, I'm thinking, well, this is great. It's a lovely sport. So I play, so I'm practicing, and I and I'm getting completely engrossed. So the very next cool thing is, you know, I take it up at 14, at 15. That's it. I made a decision. I want to be a pro golfer. So I leave school at 16, head to the practice ground and be golf balls. And then I start playing junior tournaments, and I win them, of course, and da da, and I get better and better and better. And then you end up um, making a decision to turn pro because I want to be a pro golfer. So the first goal is I want to be a pro golfer. And so the first goal when I went out on tour was, it was back in when it was the British tour, whatever, I think. Um, it's top 60. Our first goal was finishing the top 60 to be exempt. I did that Monday qualifying stuff, you know, all that. <sighs> so you did a, once you've done enough of those, you've had a, so I finished 58th first year, 58. So, so you exempt. So I basically exempt, off we go. And that was a day when it was the British tour. There was like 16, 18 tournaments in Britain and there was only the National Opens around Europe, that's all we did. That's how far we ventured. Yeah. And then, as you know, that all swapped over the years, became, Europe became more, uh, more events in Europe than, than Britain. So the next, next year, was 1977, was the Ryder Cup year. And I said to myself, well, I want to make the Ryder Cup team. You know, and I did. I finished eighth in our order of merit, and I made the team. So I made the team at 20, at then I was the youngest. Oh my God. And I had a mega one, and I beat uh, Ustia and I, so we'd be Ray Floyd and Lou Graham day one, and next time playing Jack. Jack no. and Ray Floyd. Yeah, so Jack is the man who's inspired me to be you know, watching on TV. Like, I, And so here I am six years later that's playing Jack. That's ridiculous. That? Six yeah. years later. Six from, years. from when you first watched the Masters in 77? From picking up a club. What? Yes. That's ridiculous. Six years later, I'm playing Jack and I beat him. So how about that? Did you tell and him after? Oh yeah, no, I well I love <laughs> him. Now, six years, mate. <laughs> I, I love it. I, with great mutual respect. You know, he's he's you know, his age he's great. I can tease him about all these sort of things and say, you know, I didn't realise I'll beat you. I was only been playing golf for six years and he's going, Wow. So yeah. Oh my so, god. And then I beat Watson, who was the open champion in seventy seven. So my opening Ryder Cup, I win we only played three uh, matches that year because of the America was thrashing Britain at the time. Then it all changed to Europe. So that was my start. So um, and here's another hilarious bit, which I didn't remember for realize for years. I haven't even I beat Jack and I haven't even won a seventy two hole tournament yet. Oh my god! Yeah, I haven't. Even, I'm in the Ryder Cup team and I haven't even won a seventy two hole. I only what? won a thirty six and a fifty four, and then the following year in seventy eight, I win at Birkdale. I win our. PGA, which is our biggest tour event. So I won my first event I've won on the tour was our PGA. So, <laughs> sorry, my Jack, that one as well. I said, Do you know, I beat you. Oh, <laughs> at the right God. Of And uh, I even won. You know what I, I can't get about that, though, is that I can just about fathom, even though I find it hard, that in that space of time, you could hit the ball so well. 
how did you learn how to play golf that quickly, if that makes sense, in terms of like course management? I did it because I did it every... So the next great thing that... So two other great things happened to me, unbeknown to me. One was when I went to Wellington City to the, to the golf club, to the range, we didn't have a range. We had a hole, half a hole in the corner of the golf course. And so all I had was a green, a bunker and a flag, right? Tucked in the corner. So little did I realize how powerful that was. I hit every single shot. My goal was to get it over that bunker and stop it short of the flag. That's when I first started. So every single shot I've hit by accident had, whether I knew it or not, had intention. Mm. So every shot I looked and I went, oh, I want, to, I want to do this with it. I didn't know that meant intention and, and all, you know, all that sort of things. So I'm doing that all the time for years and hours, thousands of golf balls. And then dad took me to the 73 Open, the one that Tom Weisskopf won. So I'm that little kid running around behind everybody. But I sat on the range and watched Jack and Arnold and Lee Trevino and Gary Player, Weisskopf and Johnny Miller. So Jack fades it, Arnold draws it. Lee fades it, Gary draws it, Miller fades it, Weisskopf draws it. So I, when I would go and play, so I practiced all morning. I left school. I go down and hit balls all morning from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, four hours of just beating balls. I'd have my lunch, have a sandwich, same sandwiches for two years, cheese and pickle and cheese and salad cream, seriously. Oh, I like cheese and salad cream. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> cheese and salad cream. And then I'd putt a bit, of, you know, and then I'd go and play. And so I'd play a minimum of 27 on my own. Every day? Minimum of 27, even, even 30, with, with daylight, 36. So I played against my imaginary friends, Jack and Arnold. Yeah. So the thing it taught me was... Um, which we kind of do now is a bit of our psychology. If I'm a, if I'm Jack Nicholas hitting a three wood into the tenth green, it's going to be good, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jack for. He's going to put it. He's going to put it close. Yeah. So whether it's whether it goes off into the trees or not doesn't matter. But the intention when I first hit the shot was, is this is going to be great because he's Jack, and then if I'm Gary, I'm going to hit a hook. Yeah. And if I'm Lee, I'm going to do this. And with Johnny, I'm messing around with the, you know this, you know his way he used to up and um, down the waggle that, and then Wisecuff would be standing all like a, you know, like a. Like a soldier, and so, and so I mimicked them. And so funny, I used to say to my mates, "That's my uh, Tom Weisskopf swing." I go, "Can't see it, mate." <laughs> so, <laughs> but so, to you, it was. So the fun, yeah, exactly. So to me, inside, I am pretending to be somebody else. So the power of now we know mm. you get sports psychologists to come along later and go, "Oh my goodness, the power of that!" Because if you can't do something, yeah. get somebody else to do it in your mind. That's, That's really almost once you re uh, reverse engineer your upbringing. Yeah. It, unravels all these kind of secrets yeah. that you didn't know about at the time. Exactly. So the power, the power of this, now we're talking about it, you know, we go, so the power of aiming at a target, one target all the time, was probably what made me. That's crazy. It really is. Because if, if you go to a range and look, you have 20 yeah. targets, you get lost. And you're not actually concentrating fully. So I would rec really recommend to kids, you know, I, I give them my best tips and I say, Pick your target. They don't get the real power of what I'm really meaning. But if you if you stick if you stick to aiming at a target and keep working away from it, and you're you're always focused. Yeah. Because I say to people, you know, what are you trying to do? And they go, What do you mean? I said, Well, is it a fade or a draw? I don't know. I'm just going to hit it. Oh yeah. Well, great. That's <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. 
I said, can you hit a fade? Oh, they go, yeah, of course I can. And because it goes, when they have to think about what they've got to do, they can't do it. Yeah. Well, I was able to think what I wanted and do it. So, And obviously I did it m- millions of times. We have a lot of people listening to this podcast who want to get better at golf then naturally. Yeah. Would you recommend for them, if they're going to the driving range, to hit less balls but take the time and pick targets and really think about the shot? Yeah, well, the things we know now, again, you know, if you want to get better golf, you get yourself a mirror in your garage a series, you know, cheap mirror and and learn positions and stand and look. You've got great mate. We before I used to say magazines, old school. Now you've got your phone mm-hmm. and your phone's got fan, or your laptop's got fantastic film of great golfers, all the best shots, haven't you? So stand and copy though all their positions and yeah. learn. And then you've got exercises to learn. Oh wow, this is how my body should turn and feel. Because you go on the range, you can't see yourself. You're trying to do something. You're trying to feel something that's not. You're not doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you get fed up after you see six go balls go sideways you go oh, forget that i can't do that go back to what you're doing before yeah. go back to your comfort so we always slide back into our comfort zones so that's another dangerous thing so that's why leaping out to do something new you need a bit of a plan because you have to as we know you have to go backwards to go forwards don't well, you well like you mentioned out on the golf course there you identified my biggest weakness my weak grip yeah well you and and yeah. i've learned to manipulate it to some degree but i know it's not as consistent or as powerful no. as it could be no. but you're right you mentioned you've you just got to get through it through a year and i'm thinking a year well well not, <laughs> but, but, yeah you've, but you've, really that's not a long time in the grand scheme of things well it wouldn't be <laughs> it wouldn't be a year if you know if you if you embarked on a new grip and understand and taking it step by step it's not like change your grip and have a full swing yeah if i wanted to do it seriously with you i say i put you in a new grip and we go chipping balls we might yeah. not even hit balls we might just go whack in the rough because yeah. you've got to strengthen re-strengthen golf muscles you know there's all these hundreds of muscles in our arms and it's amazing just by changing your grip like you do changes that. so many things well, you go and whack golf balls out the rough you'll ache somewhere will go Hang yeah, on a minute. yeah. that's different thin- yeah exactly so you've got to do things like re-strengthen your body um even the little muscles and then you and then you start chipping balls and go oh that's better and then you start hitting half shots and then all of a sudden you'd learn because you because you can't because you, when you release the club a certain way and then you change it of course you're still going to release it. You've, done, you've done this for whatever 100 couple hundred times at least, well, <laughs> a couple of decades more likely. You've done that for a couple of yeah, decades, yeah. and then you think, oh, "I'm going to fix. I'm going to fix two decades' work in ten seconds." No, nah, sorry about working, that. Sorry, sorry about that. I feel like we're getting through these quick fire questions pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really. The, the, the last one we had is very random after all this golf chat, but there's a reason why. And the fact that I know you like cooking as well, this could be a good one. How do you have your steak cooked? How do I have my steak cooked? Yes. So well, a nice restaurant. You saw the nice, I'm now, nice expensive well, I'm, steak. I'm, I'm now off of bloody red meat. So ah. Oh. Got to keep the ticker going, all that freaking stuff. Beforehand then, what Before, would you have Before, I was a medium. 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 medium probably more medium well. Yes. Go, but, I loved, but I loved lamb chops. I like burnt edges on my lamb chops sort of things. So, um, yeah. I <laughs> it's a random question. Oh, no, yeah. The reason we ask it, we went out for a steak last night very nice St Andrews and I ask for my medium well and whenever I do that they look at me a bit disgusted and oh. I like my steak how I like my steak so I'm glad oh, that you're on right. my side no, you should have well you like pink in the middle you still a like little it? bit of pink a little I, bit I don't yeah. want it. A blood. Just, yeah. watch, just watch TikTok you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I never Some, thought I'd heard somebody will, Nick Faldo recommending TikTok somebody will rec- be recommending <laughs> I watch all those other, I'm now learning how, how am I going to cook a steak on a and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, put a rock on the fire 
and then you cook your steak on the rock oh my out word. in the woods. How does the Montana. rock get hot, hot enough? No, you get your fire. You get your, the rock, will the rock get hot you enough? You get your rock fire. You get rock fire, right? You've got your logs. You yeah. make a fire in the woods. Yeah. You get a big rock and you stick your rock skinny. You know. Okay, not your like, rock like get, this thick. Yeah, table. your rock gets stupid hot. I get you. You stick your steak on top of that. Nice bit of char grill. How about that? That's what, that's I really want to see Faldo's farm on Netflix yeah. now with all this stuff. <laughs> I'm excited for yeah. it. Wait till I put the you know, wait till I, yeah. Get me camouflage on. <laughs> get one of those Lamborghini tractors. I get a bit of well, man. Yeah, I wouldn't mind one of them. I owe you a Lamborghini, so you could. Yeah, that was it. That we we dreamt of a hell of a golf <laughs> hole, didn't we? We probably ups, probably ups up the numbers, but we we dreamt of a great golf hole. My Did. goodness. Um, where are your green jackets? Uh, Augusta National. Did they stay there? Yeah, they all the, all the jackets stay there. So when we oh. arrive, so it's very cool. It's it's a great feeling, I have to say. You know, so they they have a wardrobe room, with, and so well, the only jacket allowed to leave Augusta National is the champion. Right. Okay. So um, when we go back each year, it's really nice. You go to your locker, and you know you, you open your locker. It's a bit like Christmas morning, it really oh is. My God. And then boom, I've got. Most of the years, I have th- th- I'd have all three of them lined up, we, and we share lockers up in the champions locker room. So I share with Trevor Immelman. So, but I loved it a couple of years back. There was three jackets there, and I put them all on because I got my first one, and then I got a little bit bigger, <laughs> which is quite a good move. So I think stronger, stronger, stronger. stronger, stronger. Yeah. <laughs> so I, got, I like this northern northern accent you keep doing for do. me as well. So I <laughs> stronger. So I got I got yeah, I get so I got another jacket. So that was very cool. And then I kept this brilliant idea. I said, "How about instead because it's three, it's three buttons, triple brick, whatever they call that." So I said, "Well, could you do one a bit more European? So we just have two buttons, you know, so have a bigger lapel." So yeah, coming yeah. out. So they all they did was iron it differently, and because the lapel's got a big blooming hole in it where the button hole is, no way, it didn't, didn't work. I didn't. <laughs> but I've got, th- but I have three. I didn't last time. It's funny. I went last year, and I was disappointed. I opened it up, and there was only one. I went, "Oh, what do you mean?" Well, because they they know they work out which one fits me because I say, "Oh, that one's my fit," and so you don't have like Jack hasn't got six in his locker. Or Tiger's got five. They've got one. So, but I was lucking out because of they weren't sure which one uh, fits me. So I, uh, I got to send a message. Not sure which <laughs> one fits me. Can you stick them all in? Sorry, Trevor. Watch out. I've got my three yeah. here. <laughs> so I can promise you, I get a lump in my throat when I see that. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Is it the actual ones that you won on the day? Oh yeah, the oh, ones wow. you the ones you were presented with. That's so oh, absolutely. Can you get like ones made for at home then that you can have if you Jamas, want? Jamas, PJs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want some more to get from. <laughs> gonna get a onesie. <laughs> Just a green onesie. <laughs> I'm gonna get a green onesie, put a little put a little gust of national on the Is that one of your favourite days of the year, like the champions dinner? Yeah, it's very that? cool because it's just it really is us. It's just the champions and the chairman that no, is it that else. is literally it and That's obviously it. The and then we, have it, we have it in the upstairs room we only changed room because of covid typical we went to a different room but generally it's the it's the it's the lounge the upstairs dining room in the, the clubhouse because you know the clubhouse has got an extension on it which is all the other locker rooms but the champion locker room is just upstairs and it's and it's pretty pretty tiny i mean it's only 15 feet wide and 30 odd feet long um but that's our little world and we love it that's our little private corner and it's 
obviously who, very special. Who's made who's whose meal has been the best in recent years or ever? Hey, good, good. Po- yeah, I um, uh, we've had a couple of good ones. Um, I Crenshaw did a really good Texas barbecue moons ago. VJ started a good VJ started a good tradition where he brought he had a friends who were um, <coughs> Thai Thai restaurateurs in Atlanta. So they came down and he started a trend of he, they, he brought sushi and things for and nibbles and all sorts of things um, which we have now on our balcony before we start. So we arrive and give a nice little glass of something very nice. <laughs> and then we go on the front balcony and we've got canapes and um, charcuterie board, a very posh one, you know, so we've got all our shrimps and crab and something like that. So that was cool. And... Um, and I pride myself because I, I flew over Harry Ramsden's fish and chips, oh, wow. bushy peas. Did you? I did um, Sarsons vinegar. So for my last one, so in the 97 dinner, I flew massive cod fillets over. And they loved it. Everybody oh had that. God. And they loved it. And the waiter came around, you know, looking at the mushy peas. And he goes, do you want this? You want these things? What are these things look like? Because they're fluorescent green, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. And he's, he didn't have a clue. What, I said, oh, no, that's your mushy, mushy what? Mushy peas. Oh, it's just so. I can imagine it went, that. It went down really well. Gravy, curry sauce. <laughs> Not quite, yeah. Ketchup. So, so it was a good one. I, I pride myself that I deem I'm in the top three of, of best dinners. It, where, where, does, where does everyone like sit? Just, yeah, we have a, like yeah, right, good question. So we have our corners as well. So I down in the South African corner. I usually go down. <laughs> so the top table is at top end, and then down. I'm looking up right hand side because Jack's always in the middle down there, and Watson, and uh, top end, top left. Langer usually sits, and then down the bottom corner, VJ usually goes. Oh, Fuzzy's in the middle on the opposite side, and so coming around the bottom end, it usually goes. VJ's there, and Gary, uh, Trevor, uh, me, Schwartz, or Adam Scott. It's almost like Southern Hemisphere. It's like apart from me. It's just we go down that bottom right hand corner. So that's we get all Gary's Ben Hogan stories every, oh every year. Oh my god! <laughs> I would good. love to see this filmed oh, on the wall. I, yeah. Imagine for so, a minute. Being like one of the waiting on staff, I'd be absolutely terrified. Well, go, My uh, hand, like, I've there got like fish and chips and mushy peas. That I don't, like everyone's yeah. got their green jackets yeah, on. Imagine if you like slipped a bit and spilled some. Yeah, so it's kind of, uh, it's pretty relaxed, but it's, you you have to pinch yourself sometimes to think how how special that is. How, how you know, you get a bit blasé, but it's it's pretty historic. Just just does up there. When was the last time you played Augusta? Now, I'm fortunate, I play, um, so I'm allowed on the Sunday before to bring a guest, and I take my boy, Matthew, yeah. <laughs> I, I know we've just it's met, a, but... <laughs> just drop your wallet if you don't. No point putting your hand up, just drop your wallet. So, it's certainly not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my little tradition is my boy, Matthew, um, since he was about 18 comes over wow and we play and we have a really cool day so we so the sunday before sunday we, so we go in there saturday now so we get a full day we go down and we hit some balls and then you play the, the 
big course, the main course, and then come back, have a little sandwich, and then we go and play the par three for a bit of fun. Wow. So the, par, the par three looks amazing. Par three is gorgeous. That's great. So you do a full day, and you, and sometimes the weather can be gorgeous. It can be mid eighties and very humid, but it's a, and you're whacked. It's a full day, so it's great. A lot of the past champions do that. No, well, the serious ones are there. Yeah, the if that's kind playing, of that's kind of more anymore. for. A, so the players now do a smart move. They might go in the week before, almost even like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The week previous. The week previous. And they might go and have a couple of quick days quietly, which is a really smart idea. Nobody there. And they might go off and play the tournament or go home or whatever. And so the Sunday before is generally the old school who just want to go and have a bit of bit of fun and get in there early and soak up the atmosphere. And is that the only time of year you can play it? Or can you can you now if I wanted to if I want if I no if if I want to go and play, I still have to play with a member. Honestly. Yeah, I cannot even. Yeah, I still have oh to ask for word. a member. Do you ever want to be a member there? Service. Could you be a member there? No, I don't think I could. I mean, uh, so mate, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, get twist Peyton Manning's arm to play with me. He'd be a good. He's a good member to play oh with. Oh my god! I can't believe that you've won it three times and you have to play with a member. Yeah. Are any of like are any of the the yeah past Jack captains? Jack and, no Jack and um. Jack and Arnie, I think, are the only two that are members. I'm not even sure about Jack. I know Arnold was made a member. I believe. I'm not even 100% sure of that. That's incredible. Obviously, obviously in, in 97, when Tiger won, you handed him the green jacket, and that was, he came off the bat. Yeah. Was it three US amateurs, and then he come burst in the scene? Yeah. Did you have any idea at that moment? Obviously, he'd won the Masters. I think, was it 21? He was an incredible yeah. talent. Did you foresee how good he was going to be? Were people talking about it then, that this guy's going to be super special? Or did it still surprise well, I, you? Well, I think... I think they you did know because he won he won three juniors, U.S. junior didn't he? Mm. Won three U.S. amateurs, yeah, in a row. Uh, so he's winning everything. And then he comes out and God, obviously I played with him. We both go out in forty on Thursday morning, and then he comes back in thirty. And then I say jokingly, we then didn't see him for for dust for the next twelve years. Yeah, so crazy, he was a different golfer than he could do. But like I was saying before, that nobody could elevate the whole of their game to being, a, you know, say, let's say a nine out of ten in all of those three categories. Well, no, you even other, before. even in, even all the, so even no, even all the golf like how good your wedge play, how good your mid irons, how good your short irons, how good your long irons, how good your three woods, how good your driving. So every department he was the considered best. possibly the best. Maybe the odd one might be driving, might. May not have been deemed the best driver, I and mean, when he hits it straight, for unbelievable. But yeah. he might knock a few sideways, of course. But but every other thing, you go, well, who's better than him? So he, he was he was head and shoulders for years, for a decade, um, better than anybody else. I know you might not want to speculate, but do you think? Obviously, two thousand nineteen was ridiculous. To him come back and win the Masters. Yeah. Obviously, he's had a huge car crash. Yeah. In since that. Do you think it's ever possible for him to... Have you seen any glimpses? Well, I, he I know would, you spoke to him in the we, booth recently. Yes, yeah, we were with him. He wouldn't really let on, because I heard that, you know, obviously, um, this right ankle, I mean, it was literally severed. His leg was severed, and it was smashed. I mean, his whole ankle... So I don't believe it flexes. Enough. Right. So going up and down hills Up and down hard. hills is real hard. So it's a real simple question is how... Good are you at walking a golf course? I mean, it's and it's yes. not just one day. You've got to at least have five days. Of course, I mean the old I mean, course is fairly flat. 
It depends you, on the you, little undulations. But you say that as all those awkward. There's a lot letters. of that. Right. I mean, that yeah. would when you, if somebody, if you counted up how many times your ankle flexes in a day, you hate to think. Yeah. Hundreds be thousands. Thousands, yeah, it's thousands. crazy. If you're doing 10,000 steps yeah. and your ankles think, are yeah. up and down. And you think of just golf, stuff. don't you? But like you said, it's the walking around the golf course, the four or five days of doing it. It's, there's a lot to, to ask what we now, can And help. I know, in the, and in the, uh, we watched him at the Father and Son, he he cannot push off with the right leg. He's so strong. He's amazing physically. I mean, he's he's got a I mean, waist at 28 inches. His chest is, looks like 48. His upper body looks... Enormous. Really so he's using stacked. the up top upper half to pull the right leg round. So he can't actually just power like you'd see a Justin Thomas do his right leg action. So he's dragging it around the corner. But I, you just don't know with that man's determination yeah. whether he can somehow find a way to. Uh, I said, I mean, and Augusta's one of the hardest walks because not so much the. It's the down when we walk off the tee. You always generally go downhill for a while, yeah, and you get shin splints there. That one gives you the shin yeah. splint. You Certainly down like a yeah. uh, ten. It's plenty really of them. It, it's the only one where you actually get shin splints. So it's a tough walk, it really. Yeah. Is if you were to build, you mentioned it a minute. If you were to build your perfect golfer from all oh, the golfers perfect. you've played, yeah, that's cool. In all the time, question. build um, me a perfect golfer. You can start whichever category you want to start. Wow, in. yeah, that's a good one. So. um Oh, you mean, so who was the best driver and that sort of thing? If you were to thing? build the perfect golfer. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Oh, so I've seen, you know, with Jacks was a great driver, or as I said, Seve Watson was really crunch a driver. Greg was a great driver of the ball. And then the three woods. Fred Couples used to hit some amazing three woods. And, and Retief Goosen. So you, get, you see where I'm going, different people. And then Long Irons, Weiskopf was amazing. With the you know two irons, I I still remember, I can still hear the sound of Weisskopf hitting two irons. It was something like that. Crazy. Um, mid irons, you know, Johnny Miller was great. I was half decent, so I might <laughs> I might slip in a tight <laughs> second for that <laughs> one. You know, and I played with old school boys. You know, Billy Casper was a great short iron. Of course, Lee Trevino, Gary Player, Bunker Sevy. You know, Tiger could scrambling skills. Tiger for Super cut up lobs, not so much Phil, but those those ones that Tiger used to hole. Oh yeah, when like, it was all yeah. danger, water behind. Oh, yeah, and then go whoomph and it's in. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it's like wow. And so, um, hey, you see where I'm going? You, it's a lot of names. It's it's fun to put even the, that. Just you don't even have to give well, us one name. Well, one of the, the yeah. category you just gave us was really oh the last one we're about putting. Well, Tigers, it's, never seen a man hole so many parts. On an 18th green to win. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, crazy good. So then last category is this mental, like mental. Would it well, still well, be that's pretty again? obvious. I mean, Jack and Tiger, mental strengths. Um, it's been quite a few iron men. I'm sure you've been asked this question loads and you might get sick of it. I am. I don't even know the question. I'm already <laughs> sick of it. <laughs> You're going to say, I was dying to ask. I wasn't really going to ask you about it, but I kind of feel like you you were in, right in that era. Jack or Tiger then? Well... I, I still go with Jack because well I go with Jack because he's at eighteen majors and nine and nineteen seconds. That's the mad thing when you look at that. That's astonishing. And, it's, and and a few more. So what does that make forty three? He's forty three. Are in one, two, and three in majors. Forty three of them. Out of out of playing about one hundred and fifty of one hundred and forty of them. Like so, ten the, years worth. 
Yeah. It's off the, yeah, exactly. Off the chart. So got to give him credit for that. So I'd, I'd lean that way. But what, you know, what the fact that we've seen more Tiger shots, I mean, Jack's, a lot of his events, he, you know, majors he won in the 60s and 70s, they, TV coverage didn't start to the last no. six holes or something. So we've seen Tiger literally hit every blooming golf shot. So that's why a lot of would lean to it. But, you know, what Jack did and all those top, Tens, my goodness, I mean, it's, that's. Uh, Do you think it was? It's as clear then. If, if Tiger did get beyond Jack in majors, is then it's like then it's Tiger. Oh yeah, it's I think the, so. It's very we, much based we, on we that. We kind of have. I mean, it's in Jack's words, we that's our yardstick. Um, is the number of majors we've won? We kind of that's our. That's the number one, isn't it? Yeah, that's the. That, well, it's a. It is a difference. It's a different event to win. I mean, you do have to have a, a different mental strength, which is all part of our game and and sport. I I feel you know mental strength is, is part of it. Well, just a quick. We asked Victor Hovland when we had him on the podcast. Was it last week or the week before about how he treats a major? And he said that he kind of goes into a major trying to think the same as every tournament. But did you find that, or did you find that a major just felt different on like well, the yeah, Wednesday? They were, yeah, they, well, they will feel different. So, you know. I found majors would obviously ramp me up anyway, so I was trying to knock it back down a couple mm. of notches. I'd had no problems getting motivated for for big events, so it was almost like, well, oh, how can I make this more normal? And um, so like the Open, it suddenly dawned on me. You know, everybody would bowl up there and get brand-new shoes and gloves and clothes and everything, and I suddenly thought, why are you risking having brand-new stuff? Mm. So I wrote, I started bringing all the old stuff. And yeah. thought, I wear the shoes already worn in. I'd even wear in my golf gloves. You know, I'd even warm up a golf glove and make sure it fitted perfectly. Of course, before putting into tournament use. Yeah, I, I'm a bit like I don't. I'm not, really, I'm a brand new glove. I don't like, I don't do like cleaning my clubs. No, I like. I, I feel clubs. like even cleaning my clubs is a bit like oh, the expectation level. Like sometimes, <laughs> like pitching up somewhere nice, I'm like, I'm not even going to clean my clubs today. Your tactic, isn't it? <laughs> um, one of the questions I did want to ask is: Obviously, you've played hundreds and hundreds of different golf courses. Like, what's your, what is your favourite? Well, there's a couple of real gems. Um, we were actually on one the other couple of weeks ago at, at Riviera. You know, it's nice to get one that's just got a really good blend. Doesn't have to be huge, big, or tons of space. It, there's there's also a nice rhythm of the the clubhouse and the practice and where the first tee is. So that's a good one. I went to Muirfield last summer near Muirfield here in Scotland without any open grandstands and I was stunned first time I've ever seen it with without the open out there and I was just stunned I thought it's just so gorgeous it was just like that's just, just a flat field and you know and then you start to walk and appreciate all the contours and everything and that was and that was gorgeous so you know we we don't play it's a bit like Busman's Holiday when you've been at a tournament all week yeah. you generally go home you don't run off there's many, way more businessmen have played all the blooming best golf courses course. in the world. And we don't. We probably play tournament courses, and so you play a lot of rounds, but you're only on, you're on the same ones each year. And I never really ventured off to do that much. A little bit, just a little bit of my... But um, generally, after a tournament, you want to go home and have a couple of days rest, and off yeah. you go again. Chill out. Amazing. 
I think you've been phenomenal today. So much, that was honestly, you've been absolutely superb. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Like I said, the video is going to be coming out soon if it's not out already. Um, I'd love to if next time I'm over in the states or next time you're over in the UK, we're doing a little challenge where I think I mentioned to you before I play against you, a very very good player, but you give me a little head start and we we go over like. You mean like you start on the second hole? (laughs) You got to catch me up. Without being in the video today, after today's video, I think you'll need the same head start yeah. that Tommy Fleetwood gave I, I you. Think, I think shots. I would start 10 under, you would start level par. It depends on the right golf course, yeah. And I'm going <laughs> yeah. to work my socks off. Is it going to be really um, stroke play or match play? Stroke play. Oh, you're done. You're no <laughs> <laughs> the amount of butts you hold today. you got no chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm going to work on strength, strength in my grip and yeah. next time you see me, I'll hit it 70 it's, yards it's left. It's guaranteed to be Two of those holes, you're going to take triple bogey. So you've blown six shots already. Great. I'm loving Thanks. this fight. Let's get this done. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see it happen. So you've, got to, Thank you've, you've got to fight through the negativity, you see. No wonder you were hard to beat. Yeah, exactly. Is that not I'm like, that was like, actually slightly Rick, scared. scared. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Go. That was pretty good. Oh, that's your, you that's so your much. mental approach. Thank you very much, sir, Nick. Uh, right, good luck with guys. everything you're doing for the next few months and the farm. Yeah. And uh, look See forward to seeing you Netflix. to the farm. You, yeah. can, you can come and... TikToks bur- and Netflix for that. You there. can come and birth a, a, a calf. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And on that note, we are out. <laughs> Thanks so much. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.